The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. There came a sound from heaven, a Chapter 12, verse 7. I mean, if I may say, I say crazy stuff. I might as well just go ahead and say this. I think it was better days before birth control. I know the women are going to say amen hardly, but it was better days when we didn't have choices like that. We shouldn't make choices. We, we don't have enough capability. We don't have capability, foresight, to make choices like that. And it was better when God made the choice and just let it go. And another choice we shouldn't have to make is whether somebody lives or dies. Pull the tube, don't give. There shouldn't be no tube at all. It was a better day when people just died and you didn't have any choice. Rather, I've been beside a woman who had to tell the doctor, unplug my husband on a respirator. That's just a decision no human being ought to really have to make. Modern medicine has brought in blessings, but it's also brought in some curses. Of course, abortion being a massive curse. But uh, you should not be able to decide whether you have a baby or don't have a baby. You get pregnant, you've done made the decision. Amen. Best birth control is abstination. Well, that wasn't very popular. Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. I want to preach on a subject tonight that I desperately want to succeed at. I desperately, by the grace of God, want God to refer to me, and I hope you do too, as he ref referred to the group of people I'm going to introduce you to and review with you. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all mine house. Wow. Oh, that God would say that about you and say that about me. He can't. It's within reach. It's within reach. One of the greatest compliments God can give someone is that they have been faithful in what they've been given to do. You that are employers and employ people, know how vitally important it is to have somebody. They don't have to have necessarily a lot of talent. They don't necessarily have to have a lot of glitz. 
but they, they must be faithful. It don't make any difference how smart you are if you can't show up on time. Amen? You can be, you can be 4.0 summa cum laude, magna cum, everything cum laude, and, and be an absolute and utter failure because you're just not faithful. Not faithful. And, and an employer appreciates the fact that an employee will do what they're asked to do and not betray them. You know what I mean by that? Like, like take their customer list and go start a business parallel to them? That's betrayal. Those people that worked for you learned your customer list because they did work for you. Had they not worked for you, they never learned your customer list. But they'll work for you, learn their customer list, and go out and then try to take all your work. Well, what, what kind of payback, what kind of payment is that for, the, for you giving them a job? That's betrayal. That's Judas Iscariot stuff. I say, be more honorable than that. Go to another town. Move somewhere else. Start the same business. Nothing with going in the same business. But don't take the guy's customer. You know my wife's bank, BB&T. No, and it wasn't BB&T. It was Savings of America. She had a manager there quit and took the customer list and went to another bank, you know, and then went and called all those people. That's actually against the law. That's against the law. That guy was a snake in the grass. And let me tell you, God will not use you if you're like that. And you'll not go anywhere with God if you're like that. He's looking for somebody, and he's looking for people that are faithful. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. A restatement of Numbers chapter 12 there. Man, I want God to say that about me. How about you? Abraham was faithful. Galatians 3.9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. I'm reading the scripture so you don't think I'm just making this stuff up as I go. Samuel was faithful. Maybe the greatest priest of Israel. It says in 1 Samuel 2.35, And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. David was faithful. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 14 said, Then Abimelech answered the king and said, And who is so faithful among all the servants than as David? Daniel was faithful. Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Wow. Wow. Tychicus. I know so many names are children there. Tychicus. In uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 7, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you as a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord, and shall make known you all things. And in, um, I'm thinking uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 31, but uh, again he says, But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister. That was the way Paul referred to Tychicus. Man. 
It don't make any difference how pretty you are or how handsome you may be or what your muscles may be or what your athletic prowess may be. Brother, you want people to say, that man, that woman, they're faithful. They may, they may be ugly as a fence post, but they're faithful. None of these people, you don't hear the Bible talk about what they look like. I mean, David, you do a little bit on David. I mean, he was a handsome, ruddy young man, outdoorsy, tanned up, you know. Uh, but, but the rest of them don't say too much about him because that's not what really is important. Epaphras, Colossians 1.7, and ye also learn of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister in Christ. That's beautiful. I mean, Onesimus, Colossians 4.9, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. Paul, he said in 1 Timothy 1.12, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for he hath counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. What a privilege. What an honor. What a tremendous honor it is when God asks you to do something for him. That means he believes you're faithful, and he puts you into the ministry. Silvanus uh, was faithful. In 1 Peter 5.12, by Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying, goes on to describe him. The key there was, I want to be identified with Silvanus and Paul and Onesimus and Epaphras and Tychicus and Daniel and David and uh, Abraham. I want to be identified with these people. Anipos, Revelation 12, 13, I know thy works and where thou hast dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name, and if thou not, not deny my faith, even in those days where Anipos uh, was my faithful martyr. He was faithful. And I may, if I may say this, uh, we're, we're, to be, be, and we're being made and to be made in the image of God. That makes sense. Well, who is God? The Bible says God is faithful. Am I not glad of that? Are you not glad of that tonight? 1 Corinthians, maybe the most famous place in chapter 10, verse 13, where it says there's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is Faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able, will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I've said often, and it's been said many times, that way of escape usually is at the beginning of the temptation. And if you decide not to take it at the beginning, then you are locked into it and will fall by it. God doesn't say he gives you a lot of ways of escape. He gives you a way of escape. Some old girl went out on uh, a little time, a little supper, a little, we, we hate to use the word date anymore, I know, but I ruins the whole illustration. But she went on a date with a guy. And she took her Bible and she opened it up, put it in a seat in the middle. You know, he's driving. She's sitting over here. He puts it. She says, what you doing? He says, she says, well, to get to me, you got to go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the best I can do on that one. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful, by whom you are called under the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 7.9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, 
the faithful God. Interesting described that way, which keepeth covenant and mercy. Brother, when Jesus said he'll save you, he means it and he's faithful. I want to thank God tonight publicly one more time that my little woman, my little Kathy Lee, I dated 20 girls before I got to her. Some of you young people are discouraged. You're very discouraged. Our young people are discouraged. I want you to pray for our young people. That's the 20 somethings, millennials. They're discouraged. They've given, many of them given up. They're, they're not even looking for a mate anymore. They're just, they're just, just coasting. Brother, I was hunting. I say you get the eye of the tiger on this thing. I had to go through 20 girls I didn't like before I figured, before I hit the one where the bells and the whistles went off. Amen? And now listen to me. When I hit that one, it was like, Ding, 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 ding. I, did, I mean, of all the other girls I had dated and been so miserable, and many of those times we'd get, it was just miserable. I had to carry the whole conversation. They were quiet. Girls, if you want to get rid of a guy, just don't talk. At the end of the thing, he'll go, man, I'm never going to do that again. Now, also, don't over-talk. Oh, I'm not going in anymore. I've fished a lot through life. I can tell you this. Fishing is more fishing than catching. I go to Okeechobee, cast 600 times, and I get a bite. I'd go back the next time just as much zeal as I went the first time. You millennials, don't you give up. Don't you get, there's no good men. I don't want to hear you say that. You only need one. Oh, there's no good men. They're all taken. That's hogwash. That's saying there's no God, and he can't do it. But I can tell you there is a God, and he is faithful. And if God has, if God is in God's will for you to be married, then, brother, he's out there, and you need to start getting aggressive. I say, go for it. Tonight's not the message. I, mean, I got a little sermon called Rabbit Hunting, where I go into all the detail on that. The very continuance of the spread of the gospel is based on faithful people. The continuance of gospel Baptists here, the continuance of any of the ministries here is based on faithful folks. That you being faithful, you make a difference, you sure make a difference. You sure do make a difference. You absolutely do make a difference. It says in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, it says, And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I want to be known in my one shot through this life that I was faithful to the things of God. I was for the things of God. I was on it. I wanted it to prosper. I gave my time and my talent and my treasure and my life and everything to see something good happen for God and to do the things that were pleasing in his sight. Man, you can be known for that. But you just start one day at a time. You only got to live one day at a time. Decide tonight, if you haven't, I am going to be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to do those necessary things to be faithful. And we've said them hundreds of times here. 
They're out in the hallway. The necessary things to be faithful to God are out in that hallway. And they just say, I'm going to do these. These are some of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to be involved in. It's a choice every morning you make. It's a choice every night you make. It's a choice every noon. Be faithful in what? Be faithful in what? Let me show you four things. God says, he says, first of all, be faithful in a few things. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. You don't have to be faithful over a whole bunch. Just a few things. God's not going to give you more than you can bear. Be faithful in a few things. Be faithful of that old boy right there. That's one thing, right? Right. Be faithful to the kids. Be faithful. You know, and you just take one at a time. And God will bless you. He said, you're faithful in a few things. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reward you greatly over that. Matthew 25, 21. Be faithful in that which is least. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust in the much. In the much. My mother used to say, if a woman will smoke cigarettes, she'll do anything. I'm not sure that was always true, but it was an interesting parallel. What she was saying was, if you do a little evil, very likely you're going to do a lot of evil. Is that what that says? If you're unjust in the least, you'll be unjust also in the much. If you'll steal a dollar, you'll steal a million dollars. If you'll steal from your employer, you will steal from anybody. If you'll be unfaithful in a little, the Bible says you're going to be unfaithful in that which is much. That's why it is so vital that you don't compromise yourself, even in the least little thing, in any of the areas of temptation. Don't compromise in the least of it. You can't lie a little without eventually lying much. You with me? It's that, there's no little white lie. Who started that? Some liar did, I'll bet. Little white lie. That's just a little white lie. Also, we're to be faithful in that which is another man's. Luke chapter 16, verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? That's a good question. Now, for all the employers here, you got to be faithful first in somebody else's and then God will let, let help you and, and every employee be faithful in which is another's. Bless your employer. Bless the people you are around. Bless the folks you walk with. And, 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 and then God will give you some of your own. The fourth thing I notice is we're to be faithful in a very little. Luke chapter 19, verse 17, he said unto him, Well, Thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, thou shalt have authority over ten cities. Parable of the ten Now, faithful in a very little, you get ten cities authority over. You say, well, I don't want ten. You, you will. You will. Don't get so spiritual on me. You say, well, I don't need reward in heaven. Oh, yeah, you will. Oh, yeah, you will want it. And it'll suffer you lost not to get what God has prepared for those who love him. You'll suffer loss. Faithful in the things 
that seem insignificant. That's what God's saying. Faithful in the small things. Faithful in the seemingly unimportant things. Faithful in the unnoticed things. Faithful in the finite things. Faithful in the temporal things. Faithful in obscure things. Faithful without glory. Faithful without praise. Faithful without honor. Faithful without adulation. Faithful without accolades. Just faithful. Faithful. It's a choice by the grace of God that he wants you to have, and it'll help you do it. I love people say, I don't know what to pray for. How about praying for being faithful? I don't know what to pray for. Well, you say, I don't know whether to pray for a a Honda Goldwing or a Harley Ultra Classic. I can help you along those lines. Don't pray for either one of them. Pray to be faithful. Pray to be faithful. Quit praying about economics so much. Pray to be faithful. Pray about the things that make really a difference in the whole end of the thing. God knows you have needs. He knows what your needs are, man. The blackbirds show up at my house every morning with thrushes and redbirds and, oh, my, my, I got all kinds of plethora of birds that show up at my house, and they all want to eat. And God moves me to go to Rural King and spend a bunch of money and buy seed and put it out for them. I am their servants. Servant. God has made me their servant because he loves birds. He loves birds. And I got about five big old squirrels show up, you know, like my kids, all sitting there waiting to eat. Oh, feed me, put some corn out. If they don't, they crawl on my screen and put holes in my screen if I don't do it. Punish me. God cares about the birds. He cares about the squirrels. He cares. If they would, if, let me say this. If he didn't care about them, they wouldn't be there. You know that. As hard as we fish the oceans, Think about how hard we're fishing the oceans. I mean, we got Japan factory ships that go out there and just net whole, they got spotter planes and GPSs, and, and they're just fishing the ocean to strip the very last fish out of it. And yet there's fish in the ocean. It's a pretty amazing testimony of how residual God has made his creation. I mean, we are out there trying to deplete the ocean of every living thing because we want to eat it. And yet, there's there's still fish. Now, I'm not saying there's fish the way there used to be. I'm not saying nothing's the way it used to be there, but they're there. Hebrews 10, verse 25 says, Not forsaking assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let me say this. Things are getting tougher. The, the wickedness in our country is growing. It is growing exponentially. It's growing quickly. It is, you ever heard of a bloom? Algae, you ever heard of an algae bloom? Evil, it seems like, takes a long time to get to a certain place, and then also, all of a sudden it blooms in a real quick, big man. That's what we're having in the United States right now. Homosexual around every corner. I mean, transvestites everywhere. I mean, you'd think they were 99% of the population by watching the news media. And they say they're 0.3%. Now, I don't know about that. It seems like they're a little bit bigger than that. But, I mean, all of the evil and the wickedness that is blooming in our country, 
We should be going to church and being behind local bodies of believers that want to do right and want to help each other and hold each other's hands up and reach the lost. Now's the time that born-again Christians should be local church members and local church contributors and local church pro-local church guy. Why is it says there? As you see the day approaching, he says, so much the more. Look it up. That's just practical, right? Isn't God practical? Isn't he? He's practical. He's practical. He knows we need this. He knows if you go off out on your own and you quit going to church, that pretty soon you're going to quit reading your Bible. Pretty soon you're going to quit praying for about anything but your own little family. Pretty soon you won't be supporting any missionaries out there. The world, reaching the world, uh, will begin to slow or, or, or stop. because, And that is exactly the target, a group of the evil one. He wants to do anything he can do to split us up because we are so dangerous to him and to the forces of darkness when we join hands together. When we all join our hands together, buddy, and I, I know a little bit about groups of people, when you join hands together, big things happen. By myself, I can't do much. But brother, you put a bunch of us together, we can do something. You can make a difference. That's what being faithful is about. I read this little kind of humorous uh, story about empty pews. And, and you may have heard it. It says, to the preacher, an empty pew says your sermons are not worth listening to. An empty pew to the visitor whispers, you can see we are not holding our own. We must be dying. To the treasure, it says, uh-oh, there's a deficit coming. To the stranger looking for a church home, it says, you better wait a while. To the present members, it says, you might as well go fishing next Lord's Day with the rest of them. A vacant pew kills the zeal and smothers hope. I've been, I've been, I've been both places. Over McKinney Hall, I was urged from 92 to about 98, build the auditorium, build the auditorium. We were having two services uh, part of the year, and, and uh, we did, I did that for years. And build the auditorium, and I, I drug my feet and asked God, when do you want to do it? Why? Because there, nothing will kill the zeal of a service is a half-empty auditorium. I remember we were in McKinney. Why, this group in McKinney, we'd be stuffed in there. You guys would be along the wall. Some of you would have to, just this group right here, would be standing up, almost unable to get a seat, and the excitement would just be like, wow. I remember Tom Cronin's testimony when he and Peaches visited for the first time. We were over in McKinney there, and it was crowded like that, and you couldn't find a seat. And your wife, in a very helpful manner, says, let's go because there's no seats. And am I correct? And Tom says, man, something's going on here. Or there wouldn't be these people here. Let's stay and see what's happening. And, he's, and look what blessing he's been to us. That, that fact that the, just the room was packed encouraged him. Why is it important to go to church? So that you add us uh, just one more positive thing to the things of God. That's why. It's not all about attendance, and you can be backslidden in your heart and all that. I'm not talking about that. But let me tell you, don't underestimate it. 
Don't underestimate the importance of your presence in being faithful, in being faithful to God. Psalm chapter 31, verse 23 said, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. I like that. Oh, may it be so. Psalm 101, 6 says, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessing. And one of my favorites, Revelation 2, 10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. And by the way, that may be the verse for us depending on how the election goes and other things. The devil shall cast some of you in prison that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. You notice there's no deliverance mentioned. The deliverance is you're going to be faithful all the way to death. That's the way I'm going to have it go. That was a testimony to that one of those churches. He said, that's the way I'm going to do it. I know we want, Lord, deliver us. Lord, deliver us. And, and keep it. Boy, I don't think there's anything wrong with praying that. But sometimes the deliverance that God wants us to do is to be faithful unto death. Be faithful in the face of persecution. Be faithful in the face of, 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 uh, of physical ill treatment. But be faithful unto God. I can't tell you enough about faithfulness. I couldn't brag enough about it. I couldn't speak enough about it. Dear one, I hope, and by the grace of God, many of you already are in this room faithful unto God, and you know what I'm saying is true. Just be faithful. Everywhere you go, be faithful. Be no one to be faithful. Do not be Judas Iscariot. Do not be a backbiter. Do not be a whisperer. Don't tear people down. Leave that to the devil. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. Brother uh, Manchester, I don't have to accuse you. The devil's already doing it. As a born-again believer, I need to build you up and encourage you because you've got enough accusers. We don't need to accuse each other. Let the devil take care of all that, and you be clean and build each other up by the grace of God. Let me just say this. If I hear a bad rumor about you, I'm not going to believe it. I've decided. I've made a decision. If I hear a bad rumor about you, I'm not going to believe it. If I hear Chris, one of my members said that they saw Chris going to Lookers on Fowler Street there, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to. I'm going to call him up and say, did you go to Lookers? And he says, I thought, I thought that was a hardware store. I'll say, well, Chris, you didn't know this, but we had a GPS planted in your Jeep. And now we know, hey, I'm not going to believe it. Trust me, I've decided not to believe every evil thing I hear. I've decided I'm not going to do it. I'm going to decide I'm going to seek what's true. I'm not going to be blind, but I'm going to seek what's true. And, and until, it can be, until you can be proven guilty, you're innocent with me. You're innocent with me. If you, you don't have to worry about Pastor Bill. If, 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 until, until there is absolute honest proof that something's wrong, I'm not going to believe it so. I want to be a faithful friend to you. 
I want you to say he's been a faithful friend to me. Father, help us tonight to be faithful, faithful unto God, faithful to each other, faithful to our government, faithful to the employer, faithful to our wives and faithful to the husbands and spouses, be faithful one to another, faithful to our children. In every avenue of responsibility that we'd be counted faithful. Father, help us. We ask you for it tonight. We ask you to come tonight. We ask you to convict and help these people decide. It's just one decision. And Lord God, you answer that and come in power tonight. We ask you to come. If there be any among us without Christ tonight, oh, may they choose Jesus. May they say, I need to talk to Pastor Bill or I need to talk to somebody about Christ. And we'd love to be able to, after the service, talk to you. You come to us, let us know about it. Father, you just move. May those young people have got made a decision for Christ and VBS as a, as a bus captains and others do the calling. May some of them young people say yes, get baptized. May the parents come. May that spread out to some parents getting saved. Father, I know what can happen. I've seen it happen. May it happen again. So my moms and dads, so these kids get saved. Father, do a great work among us for your sake and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.